Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. And you know, if you've been listening to my show for the past three and a half years we've been on, you know that we've talked many times about duality and its insistence that we separate from the, are separate from the divine and from each other and from all things. Well, today we're going to be talking about how to reunite consciousness with soul. Susan Taylor Shire is our guest today, and she's written a book called Soul Reunion, The Return Home from Separation, in which she thoroughly explains both the soul level disconnect and the path to reconnect between consciousness and the largely unconscious soul. The soul is not unconscious, but we are unconscious of it. Susan presents soul mastery, soul radiance, and soul reunion workshops, book events, trainings, and teleclasses. She's been featured on numerous TV and radio shows, and she works internationally as a psychotherapist and intuitive counselor, both in person and by telephone. So if you're one of those people who longs to bridge the psychic gap of duality, don't miss one minute of this show. You're going to be very glad you stayed with us. This book is really beautifully written and, and very simplified understanding of how we can reconnect. So, Susan, welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I just feel such an attunement with you and what we're able to share today. And Wow, it just feels great. It's just a great feeling. <laughs> yes, yeah. I agree. I agree. What we're saying is so similar, and it's just... I'm so glad to have found your book, and I'm glad you wrote to me and let me know about it. So let's just kind of jump in here and, and talk a little bit. One of the things that you talk about in the book is a covenant we make uh, that with our souls. And we do this before life, and we are doing it during life. And so can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that covenant? Certainly. You know, covenant is such a beautiful word, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It really, Certain really is. Words just say so much, but the covenant we made with our soul was that we have these amazing soul gifts that we actually um, developed before we started doing earth incarnations as a soul here. We developed these gifts and strengths and purposes, and we made a covenant with our soul that we would bring those with us wherever we would we go. It's like, do not leave home without them. We said, yes, we will make sure that our soul... Uh, perspective, our soul dimension is in the driver's seat of our life. And um, we haven't kept that covenant, but that was the covenant that was made by each and every one. Is it possible that we've kept that covenant, but we've kept it unconsciously? Um, well, that's a good way to put it. We have kept it consciously and, un, you know, mostly unconscious because it works at a soul level. But then we have allowed other things to take over at a conscious level, whether we call them beliefs, feelings, whatever it is, where we buy into um, other dynamics that we want to live from. We choose to live from other things, and it sort of masks or shadows that the depths of the covenant. Yeah. So, it, uh, so are you saying, I want to make sure I've understood you correctly, I don't want to put my words in your mouth, uh, do you... Do you uh, are you saying that the soul can use whatever we 
sort of screw up <laughs> with, uh, to accomplish its its what it came here to do anyway. Despite, oh, it does. It you know it's it's designed to bring forward constantly, 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 and to continually say the choice for the soul level of um, way to approach this is this. And a lesser level, you know, based on fear, weakness, helplessness, whatever it is, powerlessness, here is there. So we, we, you know, constantly walk down the road of the um, two paths diverged in a yellow wood. So our soul voice is always speaking to us, and we just continually go, mm, yeah, but I need the other for survival or whatever. It's always speaking to us. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. And always bringing yeah. us back on track when we're open to yeah. it. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's, it's just so amazing to me as far as I've come on my own journey that so many times I still have to remind myself that, oh, wait, 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 I, I can let go of this. This The soul's in charge. I can really let go of this, you know. So that, that meditation is one of the ways I, I'm able to get back in touch every day. And so that I can do that as a walking meditation or Or as a, you know, however, but it does help me stay in touch. That's right. You know, one of the things that I do in my um, individual and workshop work with people is to take them on a journey to their soul essence, to that ability to connect with their soul, know what that looks, feels like, is, uh, you know, senses, whatever it is for them, whether they're kinesthetic or visual, so that they have that always as a barometer to call upon in their heart. So they can't ever really say any more after that, well, I didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. because we've, been, we've made choices out of ignorance sometimes. But it's like, oh, yeah, I do have the choice of connecting with my soul and letting that operate. And it's really wonderful to awaken again to that choice that we have seemingly forgotten. We really haven't forgotten it. We've just chosen something else um, on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, even in those choices, somehow the soul is operative. Absolutely. It's yeah. just remarkable. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> you know, we, chat, we bring it so much to have to deal with, and still it just keeps coming forward. <laughs> yeah. I, sometimes I look in the mirror, literally, and I go, you really think you're so smart, Andrea, don't you? But really, the soul is still in charge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I exactly. love the way you say in the book that the, the true soulmate is the soul itself. Can you say a little bit more about that? Oh, certainly. You know, we are parts, so to speak, but our connection through our heart to our beloved soul and the larger dimension that our soul connects us to of what I call a more universal beloved nature is our soulmate. And when we have that, And, you know, it comes in varying degrees, but when we have that, that's how we can follow the law of attraction and say, oh, well, if that's happening inside of me, then, of course, my soulmate relationship and relationships, because soulmates can take on many flavors, um, will manifest because I'm living in that soulmated place within myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so you talk in the book about how we created the chasm of separation. How did we do that? Oh, you know, there's so many ways that we have created this um, 
chasm for ourselves. And the, the biggest one, the separation is in innocence as a soul, many of us as souls coming into this world to do human incarnations chose other options. You know, every religion has their version of the fall. And those other options look like buying in to something else as our um, authority figure, what we give power to. And so when we do that, we create a natural, so to speak, chasm between ourself and our soul because we have allowed something else to take its place. And so we, it sort of floats away like a boat going the opposite way across a lake on a windy day. It just you know, just floats away because we said, no, we want the motorboat that's coming by. We want to be on the motorboat in our little rowboat that is just so peaceful and quiet and all of that goes floating away. And we go, well, I can't find it anymore. Well, it's because we let it drift from us. We did not um, create it as being valuable anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that so all of our mythologies are, you know, our are, are metaphors for this uh, idea of separation sort of come down to the same idea, and that is that we have yeah. decided to consciously unleash ourselves from that in some kind of way. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. All the mythologies, it's because it's in our soul memory bank. All mythologies talk about it. There's a collective mythology of what we call the fall, the, the largest wound of separation, which was at a certain point in the earth, more people, you know, there was more energy of separation than a sense of um, being connected. And that's what sort of tipped the scale of calling it a collective of separation. And so we've all done that. Now, the good news is, here we are at 2012, and this is the time when we are tipping the scale back and coming back into more alignment with um reunion connection to our soul and its gifts than being separate from it so that's what's allowing all of this to happen as it relates to creating a new earth being you know having a whole new world emerge through us etc is because we have um, honored our soul and light however we want to describe that more than its absence which is fear mm-hmm yeah, and I want to talk some more uh, in the next segment about fear, but I, I guess I want to say right now, I want to ask that chasm, it, it's, is it made up of fear? Is it fear itself? What is that chasm? Oh, that's an interesting question. Is it, you know, I would say, no one's ever asked me that exactly, but I would say intuitively at one level, yes. You know, it's so interesting how we talk about evil and disruption and negativity and all of that. Really, it's just a void that has been filled in because every moment is a, a creative void, and we have the option to go let there be light. But instead we go, we constrict, we collapse, and we let fear come into the void, and then it becomes very unknown and scary and all of that. So that does that is the main ingredient of the chasm, yes. Absolutely. And that's so beautifully said, let there be light. I, thought, I like to think about that whole idea that says every moment I can just say, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light. Yes. And you know what I say to people often these days, because we're moving out of a recession, 
which is a constriction, a survival mode, a um, security, false security mentality into the field of creation, you can just say, let there be light. What do I want to create now? What mm-hmm. do I want to create now? And there's always a way through when you say it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And in this particular past three or four years while we've been in this recession, I think what's happened is a lot of us have wanted to create money, and um, which is there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But it, but it, what it does is put us back, doesn't it, into the fear mode of saying, if I don't have money, then I won't be okay. Yes, well put. You know, what it reminds me of is the fact that we have to connect with the qualities of spirit that we really want when we say we want money. When we connect with the qualities of spirit first, then um, all sorts of things will come in and money will be part of that. Like you said, it's okay to have money, but what you're really looking for is something deeper and more fulfilling. And when you really ask for that, then it all comes. All right. Instead of it just being money, which is survival oriented. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's like all right. I have well, that's to have a... money or I might die. <laughs> yep, that's right. Well, that's a good stopping place for now. We're going to take a break and we'll be back right after the break. So if you are looking to reunite with your soul, come back again. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization 
whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we've been talking with Susan Shire about her book, Soul Reunion, The Return Home from Separation. As you know, that we, we've talked often on this show about that return home, that uh, the oneness that we actually are as opposed to the, uh, the two-ness that we act out uh, as, if it's, as if it's the only validity. And we're, we're talking today about how we can begin to reconnect with that soul. But in order to do, do that, I want to get a little bit more information about um, this whole idea of what we're doing here. One of the things you talk about, Susan, in the book is that we choose parents based on our weaknesses, not on our strengths. Can you say more about how that happens and why we do that? Yes, I'm so glad to bring that point out. We, we do ch- choose parents based on weakness and strength. You know, as you said that, I thought, oh, people are going to go, what do you mean it's all on the weakness? But the okay. issues that we have with our parents, we are not a victim of any of that. We chose them because as a soul, we're going, okay, this lifetime, I would love to have my soul come forward in this way. And if we have what I call a soul wound, a soul barnacle, a soul challenge, where we believe we need to stay small or we might get crucified, for instance. I'm going to make one up, okay, so people understand what I'm talking about. Whether it's from a past life or a soul life, whatever it is, there's a feeling like, ooh, I don't know, you know, I got my head chopped off or, you know, I was burned at the stake and next time I think I'd like to play a little smaller. So what are we going to do? We're going to pick parents that help support us in staying small. So that's why we will pick parents and when we go, well, they were so emotionally abusive. Yeah, they made you. They kept you small, didn't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. You see, they did. They kept you down, 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 sort of like you know, a little bump, bump, bump on the head all the time. Going, don't even think about being your joyful, creative self. You know, because your soul as a child is going, yoo-hoo, here I am doing this life thing again. And then the old wound goes, I want to stay small. I want to stay small. And the parents are supporting you in that perfectly. You see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so so let's continue with that example because that's a real good one. It, uh, it, what would be the purpose in staying small like that? Protection. Okay. So much of our wounds relate to protection, false protection. We really do not need protection. That's an old spiritual paradigm that needs to be burned at the stake. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when we are feeling that we need protection, even if it's the violet flame or something of that nature, it means we have the sense that there's something beyond us that is more powerful than us, Absolutely. which means we're afraid of something. It has more power over us, and who we are is not powerful. When we are connected to our soul essence and the universal qualities that our soul is connected to of love, joy, peace, you name it, that is the power. And we may go, oh, well, yeah, there are people out there doing stupid, ignorant things, but we do not get in harm's way, okay? So we don't need protection. But back along the way, we have bought into these human ideas that, oh, my goodness, if you, you know, were burned at the stake, next time either you better be a man, if you were a woman burned at the stake, next time you better be a man or next time you better stay small, you better protect yourself so nobody comes and rapes and pillages you and all of that kind of stuff. 
So we just stay our smaller self so that we theoretically don't get hurt. It's like um, relationship. You know, we get so-called hurt in love, and that's a whole topic, and we go, oh, man, I better make my heart a little smaller, lower my expectations for love, and just grab someone who can make me feel good every mm-hmm. once in a while. And then, you know, we resent our um, partners, etc., because they're not there for us. Well, we chose, <laughs> you see, we chose somebody who we just wanted to comfort us, not be there for us. So that's what we got. Yeah. 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 And we repeat those patterns. So, okay, let's keep going with that. Now, what is the soul doing all that time we're becoming small? What's the soul doing with that? Oh, you know, it's just sitting, being held in what I call the sacred heart. It's being held there and just, you know, pumping out as life, pumping out as life, pumping, just being present within us, waiting to be accessed and embodied because of free choice. It is there and available, and it's coming out whenever it possibly can to remind us of of um, its presence. Right. But it has. It definitely has to work with you know your armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, what what I hear you saying now, and let me again, you tell me if I'm wrong here. What I hear you saying is that if it, as we live our small existence, keep going with that example. If I live my small existence, then. Um, my soul may appear for me even daily. I might, I might hear from it in some small way, and I could yeah. just keep saying, yeah, but I want to be small, yeah, but I want to be small. So then is there any point in there where the soul can just yell at us? Well, it's usually our wound that yells at us, darn it. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And in a way, you could say the soul is going, you know, guess what? This isn't going to work for you. You know, every time you speed down the highway at 105 and it feels really great, okay, that's terrific. And we're here, you know, with your soul, your guidance, all of that to keep you safe to the greatest degree possible. And safe in this instance means, you know, aligned with life, energy, as much as possible. But at some point you're going, you're living beyond your soul means you're not acting out of your soul dimensions you're acting out of your will and your sense of um some would call it ego self but mostly it's just a sense of of fear Mm -hmm. and all sorts of you know psychological ideas so then you're going down the road at 105 and either you crash into a wall it doesn't have to be that bad all of a sudden you're you're tired you know you feel a shaky in the car and you go oop better listen better listen better listen this is too much hopefully you don't have to slam into a car or another wall but at a certain point the the um you will miss your uh, you have not listened to your soul enough that you miss the opportunity to listen to the soul right right yeah yeah, so we could live a couple of lifetimes like that, but eventually uh, uh, we come back to a lifetime where we begin to hear more about the soul. So essentially, uh, do I hear you saying that the ultimate mission is for us to actually reunite with the soul? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our soul is connected to everything everywhere. It's through our soul that we are able to embody all those qualities of spirit that we say we want. Love, joy, peace, abundance, you know, money really is a quality of spirit. All those things we say we want 
can only come into us through the soul. So that's why union with the soul gives us access to everything we would all ever want to create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all inside of us. It's not out there. It's inside. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you know, and we may not get to to uh, we got limitations of time before the break because I'm going to ask a question about limitation here. <laughs> um, we are, and and we will finish it after the break if we don't get to finish it before the break. But I love the fact, Susan, that you talk about limitation in this book because that is so contrary to everything we hear a lot in the New Age New Thought movement that. Oh, we should not ever think in terms of limitation, but we do have limitations. And what you say about that is that it can birth freedom. And I really love that. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so can you start just in it? And if we have to stop, we'll, we'll come back to it. But if, can you start just talking about what do you mean by limitation birthing freedom? Ah, okay, great. Most people suffer from this sense of feeling. It's a feeling they have that being in a human form is very limiting because as souls we've had lots more experience being connected to the all that is, being connected to a sense of a grand field of creation, oneness, all of that. That's why we have the sense of wanting to come back to oneness. We want to come back to a sense of largeness and expanded possibility, which is freedom because we know it's possible because our soul says we've done it before we could do it again we just want to do it this time through a human capacity so the limitation is self-imposed because of separation because when we are fully engaged with the expanded nature of our soul and we embody that we don't feel limited by a human capacity Okay, we feel like we have all the time we need, we have all the love we need, we're fully taken care of, we, we have it all, and we're at ease in ourselves. But it's when we say, no, I don't, when we don't feel that we have connection to that, we will feel the limitation of being just in a human dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so actually, when we are in a situation that feels confining, say we're like particularly this economic crisis that we're in, mm-hmm. a lot of people have lost their jobs, you know, things like that, yes. that, that feels constricting. Yes. And uh, what we're saying, what you're saying here is that from that limitation, we can become creative and, and, and really evolve into our souls at a place where we begin to create something else entirely. Yes, we go, what do I want to create now instead of going, oh, my gosh, I've just lost something. It's like, okay, I just lost that. What do I want to create now? And it gets us connected to our soul and all sorts of resources and uh, creative possibilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well- one of the things that Carl Jung talks about is what happens when people begin to get into the middle years of their lives and into later years of their lives is that we begin to be able to absorb and assimilate limitation. And I think that's so beautiful because I think that what he's saying there is that we that limitation is not a, a negative, uh, whatever that word means. It, it's not a it's not a bad thing. We should not be thinking that. Oh my gosh, I've got limitations, therefore my life, I'm not fulfilling myself. We can use those very limitations to evolve into higher uh, or, or deeper places of ourselves. I agree, that's wonderfully put. Um, when we have a physical limitation, whether it's just a cold or we've hurt our toe, 
it gives us opportunity or you know it doesn't have to be a midlife crisis but when mm-hmm. we get older there's a sense that the physical body is not the forerunner so we are able to it gives us greater access to larger dimensions and we don't have to feel limited by the physical we get to go oh I'm I can't do as much in the outer at the physical level but I can certainly start creating from other levels of myself and feel the lack of limitation in creating new possibilities within myself whether it's artistic talent writing skill uh contemplation whatever it is we're just developing other dimensions of ourselves absolutely all right, we're, we're going to go again for a break now, and uh, so stay tuned. We're going to be talking about some more issues that have to do with why we feel separate and how we can reunite with soul. Awakened Media for a Transforming World, 7th Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back talking today to Susan Taylor Shire about her book, Soul Reunion, The Return Home from Separation, a lovely, lovely book. I really encourage you to go buy it, read it, study it, read it again. It's beautifully written, and it has so much to say to us about uh, who we actually are, who we really are as soul. Um, So uh, we were talking just before the break about how limitation can birth freedom, and I just want to reiterate to our listening audience that we – that there is no limitation that can't become uh, absolute freedom. But at the same time, that means that we need to honor the limitation for what it has to give us. It doesn't mean we should make the limitation go away or, or, or that we are doing something wrong if we have limits in our lives, but rather that that limit has come to birth something else. Is that how you would say that, Susan? 
Um, yes, exactly. That um, certain so-called restrictions are just shifts in the field. You know, the field of the physical dynamic. It's, it's like, do we call sleep a limitation? No, we love sleep. But it is. It's a limitation on, on during the sleep time, we're not jumping on a trampoline. You know, we're not singing and dancing. But it's an accepted limitation, you see. Um, even as it relates to day and night and all of that, there are certain so-called limitations. They're just changes in the outer state. Right. Okay? Right. And that's the beauty of it. We have labeled things. You know, our judgment says, this is limiting. This doesn't feel good. Whenever we are disconnected, things will not feel so good. We will be struggling, and we will feel what we call a limitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about helplessness because I, I think one of the things that happens uh, when people feel limited and when they feel out of touch and separated is that they begin to get a little depressed, and that brings on that feeling of helplessness that um, that uh, you just can't make things happen for yourself. So uh, you have a, a, an interesting view of helplessness, and I really agree with it and like it. So can you tell us what you mean? What is what what happens when we're feeling helpless? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So many people have felt helpless in the last few years because of the recession. It's probably the most popular feeling that there is right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually, it's the precursor is overwhelm. Yeah. <laughs> overwhelm yeah. goes to helpless, goes to powerless, goes to all sorts of antics like um, uh, anger, frustration, shooting people, you know, whatever degree it's going to go to. So just know that that's where it works, where it starts. When we are feeling helpless, when we are feeling overwhelmed, there's a sense of feeling like we can't, we don't have what we need. I feel helpless. I don't have what I need right now. It's not just that my toilet's overflowing and I don't have a plumber. It's usually an energetic feeling sense that internally I don't have what I need right now. And we call it money, we call it a plumber, we call it whatever it is. The fact is we don't have connection to the resources that would allow us to feel taken care of. And then when we feel taken care of, guess what? Somebody rings the door and says, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, um, I'm looking for your neighbor. Her name is Mary. I'm Joe the plumber, and you go, oh, could you rescue me too? You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. magic happens when we move out of the place of helplessness into the place of feeling I am connected to what I need at a soul level, I feel taken care of, and it all works out. And then it it can. It definitely Mm -hmm. can. Yeah, and uh, and know, we can it, talk more about helplessness too. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> but yeah, it is I think, definitely the a vogue feeling right now, an in vogue feeling right now. Yes, mm-hmm. it really is, and I I really think it's important to talk about because of the fact that it's in so in vogue. Because that feeling keeps us from believing that we can actually bridge the gap between what our perceived gap between ourselves and the divine. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, so I, I really want to say that that turnaround is is the hard part. That turnaround, what I call the turnaround, is when we turn around and go, okay, there's something else here besides just helplessness. 
problems. Yes. So what I have um, spoken about in the book and what I want to give people right now is the simplest tool in the world is to just remember, which means you have to develop a new muscle, which is, oh, right, without connection, I feel really helpless. I'm feeling really helpless right now. Without connection, I do feel helpless. That is the truth. That's true. With connection, I feel, and then fill in the blank, and you go, oh, my gosh, I've just shifted out of helplessness. Mm -hmm. Because when you feel connection, whether you know exactly what that means in that moment, it lifts you right out of the feeling of helplessness, which you are bound to feel if you're disconnected. Of course you're going to feel helpless when you're disconnected. You don't have what you need to um, resolve even outer situations these days. Yeah. Yeah, and by the same token, just the fact that we can feel helpless and recognize it as feeling helpless means that we are about to reach out for connection. Well, yeah, the beauty is we're helpless. Yeah, we're in that state because we aren't connected, and so we need to get into a bigger state to be able to resolve where we are. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. And in that same vein, you talk a little bit about the, uh, the metaphor of the housing market and what it's doing right now economically and how that is a sign that we are not living in the home, which is our soul. And uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because that has everything to do with that tool you just gave the listening audience of, mm-hmm. of finding that place that knows that all is well. So can you say a little bit more about that? Okay, start over again. I didn't quite get what the the question was. Sorry. That was that was a very circularly asked question. It was so fun. Let me try it was again. really fun, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, wasn't it? It, it was fun. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, what's the starting point? Help okay. give me a starting point here, yeah, please. You were talking about <laughs> absolutely. You were talking about the housing market and uh, how it was a metaphor for how we are feeling homeless with regard to not living in oh, the home that is our soul. Absolutely perfect. Yes, got that. Yes. Yeah. And so can you say a little bit more about how yes. Yes. finding that home changes yes. things? Yes. No, no. What you, the way you said it this time, it may have been a brain fog of mine, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything that we're experiencing in the outer right now is such a metaphor, okay? Whether it relates to, in the United States, the politicians are failing us. It's like, uh, yeah, there is no one outside of us that can play God anymore. Lots of things. So just look at it from a soul perspective and you'll go, oh, this is just awakening to, okay, it's up to me and my connection to the universe as my source field for what I want to create. Okay, let's go to housing. When we lose our home, it is usually based on the fact that we have not felt a sense of home base within us and that gets reflected in losing our home. Okay? I don't know if I could statistically say if everyone that has lost their home has, are, you know, um, in the worst case scenario of feeling homeless, but I bet there's a place inside of them where they do not feel at home, either in their own skin or on planet Earth or in their life the way it is. And therefore, something has to give. And what gives is their outer security that they have said, well, if I have this physical house, then I know now I have a home. But it's not true. Home base is internal. It's a place in what I call the sacred heart, which is the um, 
a, the heart behind the physical heart, the human heart, where, there, where we can hold a sense of our soul and heart coming together and a sense of home, which is soul reunion is that sense of, oh, I feel at home in myself, in my world, in my life, in being here. Even though the planet is in great upheaval, I feel a sense of home base within me. We all deserve to have that sense of home base within us. And when we create that, things will shift big time on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about how a person begins to create that. Okay. What, what, what does a person do to begin to be, live in that internal home? Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to, let's take a minute right now for everybody to just get a feeling for what I call this place called the Sacred Heart. It really is a part of your physical anatomy, <laughs> okay? So go to your, what I call your human heart, which holds your physical dimension of heart and the emotional component of heart, where you feel hurt, where you feel this, where you feel that, fear is in there, etc. You can even put your hand on it and feel it beating. Now, back of that is a space. Now, it may be blocked off. Maybe you've rolled a stone before it or something of that nature, boarded it up because you're afraid to open it for all sorts of um, reasons, okay? But if you are in any way sensitive, you will feel a spaciousness there. Maybe it has a view of a garden or crystal cave. I'm just giving you some ideas. It could be, you know, um, a water slide, a water park. Who knows? But just feel a sense of spaciousness there, a place that is always available at peace, at rest. And it really is the landing pad for the the sense of universal love as well. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do you get a feel for that? Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's one of the the focus points in my particular meditation. And you know, there's Aww. other focus points, various chakras that you can go to that you might focus on that you can also find soul there. But that is the essence of it, isn't it? Just to it be is. able to go in there, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. experience it. Mm-hmm. When there is an experience, we have to feel embodied. You know, there's been so much separation that there's a spiritual life, and then there's this world that we have to deal with that is a huge wound of separation but when we start to feel at home in our own skin and have this home base within us we can start to create a reservoir that brings in the resources of spirit you know creates a space for the resources of spirit to come in Mm -hmm. and then we have them available whenever we need them and that's what gives us a sense of feeling taken care of which is all part of what we want when we say we want to feel a place of home. Home and family means, oh, now I'll be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that that feeling that, that knows that all is well, that place, and I call it a place because it feels almost physical to me, that, yeah. that is that sense of your, that you just know, <clears throat> excuse me, you know you're grounded in that sense that everything is really not just well, but just 
be perfect just the way yeah, it ought to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All is deeply well, and that's that place of peace that we all want so much. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to be coming back with our final segment with Susan Shire right after the break. Stay tuned. There's more beautiful things to come. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Well, it's sad but true, but we only have a few more minutes to talk with Susan Taylor Shire about her book, Soul Reunion, The Return Home from Separation. Uh, But before we do that, I want to ask you, Susan, if you will, to just kind of tell our listening audience about how they might connect with you. Oh, I'd love to. Well, my favorite way to say that is Google. Okay. (laughs) You can Google Susan Taylor Shire if you can't remember anything else. Um, Soul Ma- soul majesty soul net is my website you can either um, google soul reunion soul mastery soul radiance those are the names of the three books my first book was soul mastery accessing the gifts of your soul the second book was soul radiance um, sorry Bring Your Soul Riches to Life, and the third book is Soul Reunion, The Return Home from Separation. And all of these and lots more fun, fun things, lots of free things too, are all available at soulmastery.net. 
And again, if you get soulmastery.com by mistake, you just go, okay, i got to Google Soul Mastery, find out what's the deal. Or Google Susan with two N's, S-U-S-A-N-N, it'll get you there too. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, yeah. thank you. And I have, I have some um, teleclasses coming up, Create the Life You Love for 2012, and I'll be traveling to various areas uh, that you can look up my schedule and learning to read the Akashic Records and all sorts of fun things. Wonderful, wonderful. That sounds really exciting. So, yeah, go there and learn more about Susan. She has so much to offer. And uh, really, again, I want to encourage you to purchase her book, Soul Reunion, The Return Home from Separation, beautifully written, uh, well well, it's uh, well placed in terms of the fact that it really does put you in touch with that place of your soul. Um, So, okay, let's talk a little bit more about how we can reconnect or reunite with the soul. Um, just basically give us an overview about how a person reunites with the soul. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so the way we reunite with the soul, again, if you just remember how simple it is, um, it, will, it will, you know, you'll just be able to flip that switch, okay? Let me give you an example. Most people deal with a sense of abandonment. He abandoned me, she wasn't there for me, etc. If you go, whoa, this is my issue, it's not about them, and you go, I must have abandoned spirit at some point. It's my issue of abandonment. I separated from spirit, I abandoned spirit. The only way to rectify my issues of abandonment is to get connected now. And when I feel connected to um, my soul... And again, that's why I take people on journeys, and if you read the Soul Reunion book, you can learn how to do it also. Get connected to that place within you and also, you know, sort of beyond you in that soul essence place of the place of peace. Bring that into your heart, that sacred heart space, and say, I will never abandon my connection to this again. I value this so much. And then there you've resolved a huge issue and you feel a sense of union and you feel as though this is where I want to live, in soul union with all that is true, all that is love, all that is beloved. Yep, in soul and in body. Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, I guess that's the part we have the hardest time with. We've spent centuries thinking that the body is separate from the soul and and, uh, that's the hardest thing for us to sort of wrap our minds around that. Yes. We don't have to, it doesn't have to be either or. Exactly, exactly. The human condition, the human dimension is not a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. yeah, and you know, I'm, uh, it is true that once we have made that connection, so many times I hear people say they want to just bliss out. They want to, they want to <laughs> s- stay attached to that feeling, the feeling itself. But the feeling is just a feeling. It's not the whole ball of wax do you agree with well, that i hear that and if you bliss out and then bring that sensation of bliss into your heart and into your abdomen into all those chakras and start to feel that sense of bliss then you can have it while you're walking in your life yes yes yeah yeah and we don't have to we don't have to you know go to our ashram to do that we can do that in our daily life we can you know uh the buddha talked about walking meditation and uh that whole idea that we can be in meditative state while we are in our lives mm-hmm. is some 
yeah, it just feels it for to a lot of us it feels like that's counterintuitive, but it's really it is living in soul in a moment. Yes, and when we're living in soul in a moment, what I find the true enlightened state is being in love with life itself. Every experience is an experience of life because you're completely engaged and emerged with it, emerge it and it emerges through you and you have a sense that all is fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the ways that I, you know, I, and you tell me if if you agree with this. One of the ways that I recommend that we sort of really begin to relish in being here in the body on planet Earth is to really get close to nature, to really mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, be there and and really appreciate nature because as we're doing that, we are reconnecting to where we are instead of trying to be somewhere else. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and and drink it in because every moment is filled with life, and it's a choice. You can either drink in the life essence that's available and have your soul perspective of seeing life everywhere, even on television, or you can have your dial, your channel dialed to what is fear and what is moving away from life, and you get to choose what feeds you. Yep. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Or we can just feed the fear, I guess. We could do that, too. That's <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's so many people out there also that are saying that fear is the the opposite of love. I want to I wanna be able to say that when we are afraid, we can bring ourselves to love through the fear in the same way that we can recreate out of, out of uh, limitation, too. So um, everything is hopeful. There is nothing that is without hope. That's right. That's right. There is always a creative void that says, let there be light. There's always Absolutely. opening for that. All right, Susan. Well, uh, thank you so, so much for being on our show today. I really loved your book, and I've really loved talking with you, and it's been a really nice connection there. So thank, thank you for that. You. And uh, I thoroughly gonna... enjoyed being with you, Andrea, for sure. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking next week about what you can actually do here on this planet. So stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. There is a lot more going on in religion and government than what high-ranking officials are telling you. The Bible uncovers the truth, prophecy.